Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay. I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife, co-host, mother of my children, Hannah Hogan. Good to be in studio. And and I say mother of my children, and this time I mean it because we do have two kids. In fact, my sister is here right now, and she is outside playing with our sweet baby Daisy. And in studio with us today is our new precious son, Sam. You're probably going to hear him. We have named him Sam. We There was a lot of deliberation about names. We've talked about it on the podcast. There was Duke, which we loved. There was Hank, which we loved. And then there was many others, but there was also Sam. And... Uh, when Sam was born, we had no name for him and we, we, Hannah was holding him and I was listing off the names and she said, Samuel feels like the name and it does feel like the name. He is a sweet, I mean, it could turn at any moment, but he is a sweet, (laughs) mild baby boy. And in the Bible, Hannah gives birth to Samuel. So, you know, when I was reading um, what is it? First uh, Samuel, I guess, is the book in the Bible. I was reading it to read about Jesse because I really liked the name Jesse. So I was reading it, and that's when it hit me. Now, Hannah already knew this, but it hit me that Hannah in the Bible gives birth to Samuel. And I just think that's so great. I like I like a biblical name. I like a cool, fun name. And we think Sam Slay is a fun name. Sam Slay is a great name. A couple of people in text messages to me have called him Sammy Slay, mm-hmm. and I think that also has a nice ring. Uh, so we're very excited about it. You can probably hear it in my voice, but we're very excited. We're very happy. Um, so in this podcast, I don't know how long it'll be. Uh, I, I, sometimes I think I'm I'm surprised that Hannah's even sitting here. Hannah is a strong woman and has had a nice recovery, but we're going to get into that as we go through the podcast. But we want to go through, you know, from last week, what's been going on. And um, so uh, I've made notes. And so we want to get started. I mean, it's been a big week. And honestly, I feel like you've been through the most. (laughs) You've been through the most, Dusty. All right. So let's start last week sometime. We're setting up, uh, setting up uh, uh, a, a room for the baby. We don't know if it'll be Sam's room or if that's where we're going to move Daisy, but we're setting up the room. So I'm moving an old recliner that we have into the room that has a bit of a rock to it so Hannah can sit and feed Samuel if she'd like and rock. And I'm moving it in there and it's old and it drags across my bare foot and my toe, cutting into my toenail, bleeding. And throughout the week, this toe was getting swollen and red, and I was getting no sympathy from Hannah. She goes, (laughs) it looks fine. It looks fine. And it was hurting. She put alcohol on it, and it burned like I've never felt. Uh, And it just, to me, kept looking worse. And then my mom comes up, and my mom is like, 
oh gosh, she goes, you should soak that in water. You need to soak that in some salt water. That could get infected. You need peroxide. And I was like, finally, someone giving me some sympathy around here. And I will state for the record, that toe looked the same health-wise as all the other toes. And I absolutely did not have any sympathy for you because I was like, dude, you stubbed your toe. And that's just about it. That, well, it's, that's com- happened. it's completely untrue that it looked the same. <laughs> uh, and, and my concern was tetanus, right? I didn't know. I didn't stump it. I dragged something across it and it cut into the toenail. Now, when I was growing up, there was this man named Gene Simmons. No, not Gene Simmons. Gene Sims, not Gene Simmons. Gene Sims. And he had one arm. And he was an old man, and he was always walking along the side of the road picking up cans. He had a little stick with a nail on the end of it, and he would stab that stick into a can and put it in a bag. And he had the bag somehow uh, fastened to his body, so he only needed the one arm, and he had one arm. And apparently, Gene had a wife, and Bertha does not sound like an attractive name. But apparently, Bertha was very attractive, and Bertha was crazy. And I don't mean that in the sense that men call women crazy. Later in her life, Bertha ended up in a mental institution. But Bertha also had a boyfriend while married to Jean, and this boyfriend was living at their house. And Bertha's boyfriend ran Jean out of the house one night, they got into a fight. He ran him out of the house. Gene went through the woods, got his arm real cut up with barbed wire, and ended up getting tetanus and lost his arm. Okay. So. Good gracious. That's all I could think about. And I, unrelated to I, stubbing a toe. Listen, I did not want to lose my toe. I okay? can't believe you just compared me to Bertha. I didn't compare you to Bertha. I compared myself to Gene. <laughs> you this is this is the line of that's the kind of reasoning that you have. In that story that I just told, it may be unrelated to my toe. I'll give you that. But somehow you took from that that you are Bertha. This is what I'll say is I'm a worrier. And for a long time in our relationship, when you would get sick or you would have a headache. I would be very overcome with worry because I would just fear for you. But praise God, I've learned that sometimes <laughs> you're just, you know, you just need to be tended to and it's not all that bad. And that's a relief to me to know that about you at this point, to, to just know that when you say you're really sick, you're sort of sick. To say you stubbed your toe and you could have tetanus it's absolutely going to be fine in two days. And I know that about you now, and that gives me a lot of relief. Well, it was getting better. Yes. The toe was getting better. Yes. And I was sitting, I don't want to give the details, too many details, but I was sitting on the toilet, okay? And I had my phone. And then when I got up, I set my phone on the toilet paper dispenser, and it fell and was headed straight for the toilet. And this was a brand new phone that I just bought and went through a painstaking process to get my information from my old phone to the new phone. It was, it was a real hassle. I had to go to the AT&T store several times. I even had to go down to the Apple store, have a long conversation with a guy. I mean, it was a hassle. 
and uh, everybody was confused about it. And it so it was headed straight for the toilet. So I swatted it, and wouldn't you know it, that phone soared through the air and landed straight on the toe, making it bleed again. It was bleeding everywhere after wow. that. So uh, the toe had been a real concern for me. Yeah. I knew Hannah was pregnant and could give birth at any moment, but I was worried that I would lose my toe. Yeah. So then Saturday rolls around. I start to get a little dizzy from time to time. <laughs> now I've had vertigo in the past one time, undiagnosed, but I'm pretty sure it was vertigo. I was in Salt Lake City in a hotel and it hit me and I was real freaked out. I managed to pull it together and do shows that night. I don't know how I did it. But Saturday, I started to experience a little bit of that. So I was doing this maneuver that I had looked up. And I felt like, all right, I'm getting better. So I go to sleep. And Sunday, I wake up. And the vertigo is insane. I woke up. And I am spinning. I'm laying in the bed. I am spinning around. I ended up throwing up. Now, I've not thrown up uh um, a, all right, uh, maybe that's the wrong way to word it. The only times I've ever thrown up is from being sick and from being hungover. I've never thrown up from being dizzy. And I threw up and then I just could not move. And then Hannah, we looked up a different maneuver. So Hannah did that maneuver where it's like I sit up in bed. She turns my head one direction facing over my shoulder and then pretty much moves me real fast down on the edge of the bed where my head hangs off. I stay like that for a minute. And then she moves it to the other side for a minute. And then I lay on the bed for another minute. And then I'm supposed to sit up. So we did that twice. Both times I threw up after. I mean, it was insane. And then the third time I didn't throw up and I started to feel a little better. So as Sunday progressed, I started to get better and better. But I will say, there's nothing like a little vertigo to take your mind off a toe. I mean, because <laughs> suddenly there was no concern for the toe. Well, I, there never was on my half. But by the time the vertigo was gone on Monday, and it did take that long, I was still a little dizzy on Monday. Now, my mom had been here all weekend because we were going to have, uh, you know, a birth at any time. But my mom's also dealing with another situation where she's been staying for a little bit. My mom has a, as we've talked about before, she has a step great grandson who kind of is, she raised him for a little bit while that boy's mom was in jail. And uh, so he's, uh, so there's a little situation. My sister's bought a house down in Cleveland, Tennessee, where her, her husband, her son, um, uh, and now her stepdaughter and her stepdaughter's other kid, uh, kids. and then the step-great-grandson are all living. And then my mom has a room there, too, where she's been staying. That's where my mom is eventually going to end up living once she sells her house. So everybody's got daycare or jobs except for that boy. So Except for your mom. Right. My mom doesn't have a job and then the boy doesn't have daycare. Right. So my mom just stays with him and she likes that. I mean, she that's what she wants to do. But the boy's a bit wild. He's he's a five year old kid. So that's you know, there's that. 
Five-year-old boys are wild, but he's extra wild because he doesn't have a dad in the picture, and he's been moved around quite a bit. So he's a wild kid. He's a sweet kid, but he's wild. So my mom had to get back on Monday to watch him because we don't want him here while we need help. So my sister was coming up. So there was a short window on Monday where it was like, Dusty's still I'm still suffering from vertigo. Hannah could go. Hannah wakes me up at 3 a.m. after a after a whole day of vertigo, and she goes, "We may need to go to the hospital." So I jump up. We don't have anybody to watch Daisy, so we're we're waiting, and contractions are starting to come. It's starting to happen, and she goes, "All right, they're not really that close together yet. Let's let's wait." So I say, "Okay." So we get back in bed. My sister shows up about 1 p.m. on Monday, and then. Uh, We're hanging out, talking, very chill, just hanging out. And then the contractions start to come. They start happening. It starts, and she goes, and then, so about five o'clock, we decide we're going to go to the hospital. So my sister's here with Daisy. We've never left Daisy for a night without us. I mean, I've been gone many times, but never without Hannah. And so we get to the hospital about 5.30 or 6.00. And Hannah is, you know, having, she's doing a natural birth. So she's having a lot of pain. She's in a lot of pain. And I go down to get stuff from the car at one point. I mean, she's already set up in the hospital. They've already come in like we, they come in and they treat it like an emergency, like we've been in a car accident. I mean, people are running up and they're hooking wires to her and they hook a heartbeat monitor up to Hannah to where you can hear the baby's heartbeat all loud in the room, like, and nothing brings on anxiety, like a hearing a heartbeat. I'm like, there's nothing like a heartbeat sound to make me anxious. I mean, I felt totally relaxed about this whole situation until a loud heartbeat sound is just blasting through out the hospital and then people are coming in and they're going they're going oh we got to check you for this and this and this and this and doctor the her doctor wasn't there quite yet so there was another doctor he's asking all these questions and correcting us on things i forgot to tell you hannah later i saw him he was so nice he goes you got he goes you guys are all good now i go yeah we had the baby he goes congratulations he was so happy and he shook my hand oh wow it's very nice it's a real turnaround real turnaround for that guy and then so Uh, After all that gets settled down, I mean, Hannah's still in the pain, but I go, I'm going to go get our stuff out of the car. But I go down and I'm real hungry. So (laughs) I go, you know what? The Kroger is right across the street. So I'm just going to jump in the car. I got to move it anyway because I'm at a different side of the hospital than where we came in. So I'll just jump in the car, run to the Kroger, get myself some food. I don't know what to get. I grab a bag of popcorn and a macro bar. I love macro bars, by the way. I don't know how to get them to sponsor me, but it is, macro bars are unbelievable. It's a protein bar. It is a protein bar with no bad ingredients. It is unbelievable. So I go and I get that. And then I come back into the hospital with all our stuff. And Hannah's just laying there in pain. I'm talking to her. I don't want to be the kind of guy that's going every five seconds going, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? So I go, do you mind if I munch on some popcorn? (laughs) (laughs) 
And Anna's like, this is just a show to you, huh? He's going to sit over there and eat some popcorn. While you were directly across from me. I'm wailing in pain every five minutes, excruciating pain. And all I hear is look over my husband's scrolling his phone all casual. Oh, look at that. The Wichita Looney Bin closed. Well, the Wichita Looney Bin did close. And the Wichita Looney Bin was the first Looney Bin I ever did. Me and Hannah went there together. It's a memory for us. And I go, oh, Hannah, the Wichita Looney Bin closed. (laughs) This is a comedy club in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. Meanwhile, my uterus is exploding. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) maybe not the right time to bring up the Wichita Looney Bin. (laughs) No, I'm just remembering something else, too. You know, during this whole time, you know, I'm just increasing amounts of pain. And Dusty's like, what does it feel like? Tell me, Hannah, what does it feel like to have contractions? And then I'm like, well, it feels like and then I'd have a contraction. I'd be like, hold on. And then I couldn't talk. And then and then I'd try to describe it. And then you start picking the nurse's brain. brain you're like well this is this is you know when i had surgery they pumped me full of gas to operate on me now they operated on my colon and my small intestine and all things like that and i could not pass gas i mean i've said this before this was years ago but after surgery when i finally passed the little gas a tear came to my eye because I was so excited to be getting rid of some of this gas. The gas that was in my body is the most pain that I have ever been through. It was unbelievable. Wait, more painful than a stub toe? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, less scary, I think, yeah. than the toe, oh, but, yeah. but more painful. Okay. So I ask our, our uh, very nice but personality-less nurse – Uh, This girl had no personality whatsoever. I mean, she's got two hilarious comedians. I mean, one a former comedian, but still hilarious in the room. And she could not care less to talk to us. She, my, Hannah goes, my husband's a comedian. And I thought, oh gosh, now the nurse just thinks I'm annoying. Well, because you said a joke and it kind of bombed and she wasn't feeling it. So I just was sort of like, I'm sorry, my husband's a comedian. And then I thought, oh, she probably just thinks I'm saying my husband thinks he is a comedian. And I go, no, literally, he is a comedian. He will be doing this throughout the night. And, and <laughs> but then, then I feel like she really didn't still get it. She, I was bombing so hard with it that I quit, yeah. I quit trying. But I yeah. asked her, I go, hey, so I start trying to ask real questions. I go, any way you can describe what the pain's like? I'm like, is it? Because I was like, is it like similar? And I don't think this nurse gets the gas pain I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, is it similar to like, like a real bad gas pain? She goes, no, not at all. And, and I was like, oh, okay. conversation. All right, then. Okay. So, uh, so still not really telling me what it's like. Right. I just want you to know it's not like that. She did not want to engage us. She did not want to. She did not want to hang out with me. She did not want to talk to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I mean, you're this chill, cool guy eating popcorn super in the corner cool. of a room. Probably had a little popcorn in my beard. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so then, all right, so that's all happening. And then about, um, you know. Well, they wanted to break my water. Yeah, I would say about 9 o'clock, 9.30, they came in and asked. They said to Hannah, they said, we can break your water and speed this process up. And they said, that'll help, but it will intensify the pain. So me and Hannah talked about it, and Hannah was like, now, I can't imagine this pain getting worse. So she said, let's not do it. But then around 1030, 
they came back and she said, yeah, let's do it. And so they broke. Because well, I was already like nine centimeters. Yeah. So they dilated, which means she's about ready to go. Mm -hmm. So she said, yeah, go ahead and do it. And so they came in, they brought a crew of people in there. I mean, that place was packed out. <laughs> And uh, so obviously, Dusty starts telling more jokes. No, no, I was very uncomfortable. I mean, it was like, listen, I'm saying silent prayers. I do not trust any hospital. So I'm like, uh, because this is what I think in the hospital, if something goes wrong, they just go, well, sometimes that happens. So I'm just praying. And, uh, you know, I'm not down on my knees in there, but I am praying the whole time. And uh, so. They come in, they break the water, it's on, it's game time. I've never seen Hannah in this kind of pain. I mean, Hannah's tough. I mean, Hannah gave birth on Monday. She's doing a podcast on Friday. I mean, <laughs> she's doing a podcast holding the baby. <laughs> I mean, Hannah's tough. And I've never seen her in pain like that. And then by 10.58, the baby was out. And she was holding him and... The room, I cut the cord. Uh, the room cleared by 1130. We're hanging out with our new baby. And it is, um, I mean, I don't think there's any feeling like the first baby. When, when Daisy was born, it was like, it was just unbelievable. I had gone from being a childless man to a father. But, I mean, it is a miracle every time. I mean, seeing that little baby come out of there. I mean, the next morning, I'm out driving around getting Hannah Waffle House, Hardee's, and Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was praying in the car, and I start tearing up in the car. I mean, it is a beautiful thing to see a family grow. And I I mean, this is a message from from me to people that don't have kids but are thinking about them. If you if you can't, I'm very sorry. I don't mean this in any kind of way, but if you if you can have them and you're thinking about it, I encourage you to do it because it is a beautiful beautiful thing to see that little baby come out and it's like I've said this many times before, but it feels like leveling up as a as a man, I can only speak from the male perspective, but it feels like a leveling up as a man to have a baby and and to just I don't know to just hold the baby. Just I I couldn't even I didn't even know how much my daughter had grown. She's two years old now. I knew she had grown, but I did not know how much she had grown until I held this baby and then held my daughter. I'm like, wow, my daughter has really grown, and it is just it just feels good. I mean, it's yeah. I mean. It's 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 stressful. It's it's hard. It's you you know you want to make sure the you know you're like is his eyes yellow? Is his skin yellow? Does he have this? Does he have this? What about this? Is this okay? But it's like uh, it it is a little more relaxing. Uh, you know we have two kids, so when they're crying at the same time, it is a weird kind of uh, duet happening in the house, a duet of crying, um, and. I feel very more concerned about Daisy, I think, because I'm just concerned that she is uh, uh, doesn't think that she's no longer our special little daughter uh, because now we have another baby. But she is a part of us uh, thought that, you know, we we Daisy comes into the hospital and Daisy is just so sweet with the baby, just so sweet. And then we all get in the car together and Hannah jokes that she's like, oh, 
this guy's coming home with us, huh? It's like, <laughs> he's cute in the hospital, but he's coming to live with us. Uh, but I think it is setting in and we've gotten to get more stable here in the house and uh, it just feels good. I feel very blessed. I appreciate everybody who reached out. Um, I did. Uh, I am an idiot, though, and I shared a meal train. I have and I have one hundred and twenty thousand followers on Instagram and I have one hundred and ten thousand on Facebook. And I shared this meal train because I looked at it. I didn't look at all the links, but I looked at it later and realized that our home address and phone number is in the uh, meal train. And so I shared that because not a lot of people had filled it out and we're fine. But, you know, it's like when you have the first baby, everybody's on it. They're like, oh, let me get you. Let me send you a meal. But by the second, they're like, oh, you've done this before. You're fine. Um, so I wanted to share it, just kind of get it out because it would be nice to get a few meals. And and people did respond to it. Uh, but it was like somebody messaged me and said, maybe you don't want to give your home address to 125,000 people. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good. I didn't realize. So I deleted it immediately. But um, I do appreciate there's been so many donations and yes. people have signed up and we really appreciate it. And, and I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, fans have now brought us food yes. and we really appreciate it. But yeah, there's, there's, I mean, when they were discharging us, of course they go over the ba baby safety protocols. And one of the things that the nurse said was, you know, maybe don't make an Instagram post announcing that you have a newborn baby in your house. And not only did you do that, but you also just kind of gave them all pertinent yeah. information. Hey, now we have a baby and here's where we live. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, yes, it should just be called child trafficking meal train. <laughs> well, no, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. I don't care for that joke, but. Well, but I, I think you know, that's why they say we do, do have various ways to protect ourselves here at home. Oh, so, okay. so we're okay. Yeah. But, um. Um, but I, I um, uh, yeah, so everything's great though. It's just wonderful. We're, we're so appreciative. We're so happy. Hannah's happy to not be pregnant anymore. <sighs> I can tell you that. And, and I, and now Hannah can sauna, which has been a <laughs> lifelong dream of mine because I do the sauna and, uh, Hannah's not been able to do it because she's pregnant. And, uh, I hate that I've been able to experience so much relaxation and she hasn't. Uh, I've been fine with it. But my vertigo's gone. I missed an ep I missed an episode of Nate Land because of the vertigo. I, I, I was not comfortable driving to Nate's house. And it worked out great, though, because I probably would have been driving home about the time Hannah was going into labor. Yeah. So it really worked out. Uh, my friend Mike James filled in for me on Nate Land. If, he's a local comic here in Nashville. If you've not watched it, I've not watched the whole episode, but Mike is very funny. And, and and should be seen by more people. He's a very funny, nice guy, has a couple of kids of his own, uh, a nice family man. So if you're able to check it out, do check it out. And uh, But it's been great. So what you should know is um, uh, Dusty's toe is okay. If you, if you took anything from this introduction of this podcast is praise God. The toe lives. Well, I, I mean, it lives. It's no longer red, but I have lost half my toenail. Okay. And it's I'm so sorry. And the other half is uh, not black, but a tint. It is. Honey, it's just been such a rough it week is a for you. Maroon color. Oh goodness, I'm so sorry. So, well, that is that fills us in 
on all that's gone down. I mean, I, I did, I will say, if you live in Oregon and were planning to come to see me in Pendleton, Oregon, I've not been talking about this date because I was worried that it would get canceled, but I wanted to do it. This was a music festival with a lot of country, you know, kind of indie country music artist. And I was the only comic on the lineup. It was a three-day festival in Oregon. I love Oregon and I love country music. And I was happy to be the only country or the only comedian on this lineup. So I wanted to hang on to the date, but I looked at it. I mean, it would take me three flights to get to Pendleton and that would require me leaving today, flying the entire day, uh, doing the festival on Saturday and then flying the entire day on Sunday. So I would be gone for three days. So I had to drop out. I'm needed here at home. My sister has been so kind to come up, uh, but she has a family of her own. Uh, and then my mom has several, uh, you know, people to tend to. So, you know, we're, we're a bit short on help. And we've not been short on help because people have, you know, helped us out. But we don't have a ton of family around. Yeah, my family is all in Canada. Yes. So, um, so not going to get any hands-on help there. And yeah, I mean, even your, most of your family is. And my dad just had a, uh, my dad has a pacemaker. He just had a surgery on his, uh, he had to have a valve replaced. And uh, years ago, he tore a retina in one of his eyes. So he has uh, a bit of vision loss. He has one good eye and then one okay eye. So he doesn't drive alone. And then they have, they live on a farm. So for them to leave, they have to find someone to. Yeah, and we talked about this Watch too, like we farm. were sort of talking about like family coming and helping and this and that, but I said it to you and I think this is true. Like a lot of people don't like sleepovers, you know? Yeah. You know, like you were kind of like, why? you know, let's get more family to spend a week, but that's hard. That's a hard ask. It is hard. You know, and, and I think we do sleepovers a lot here because all of our family lives out of the city and, um, you know, we have comics stay with us. So it feels kind of normal to us to do it. But I don't think a lot of people have people spending the night at their house. A lot of people probably don't even have a guest room. It is true. And more on the home front, though, um, just, you know, not to just uh, you know, change subjects, but I feel like we've exhausted that subject now. But our um, our doves that we had nesting by the front door, they gave birth. They raised them and the doves flew away. Mm-hmm. So we gave, you know. We, when do you think that was? How close to my labor? That would have been probably Saturday before um, the birth was the last we saw of them. Yeah. We were a little worried about them. For we minute. were. I still don't know if one of them made it because they mm-hmm. were having a weird time kind of flying. It seemed like the mom abandoned them mm-hmm. and they were kind of like on their own. Mm-hmm. And then we I went out. Now, I'd been out a million times. They were right by our front door. But one time we went out, it seemed to really spook them. And they flew. And we never saw one of those babies again. And the other, then, you know, so I don't know. I assume they're all okay, though. I mean, they're birds. They have That's what they go through all the time. Yeah. Um, I will say I went out into the yard yesterday with Daisy, and I think there's something to your copper wire and alchemy and magic that you got going on back there. Do you there. think so? Yeah, because we saw a frog. Oh, I saw a frog yesterday, too. Yeah, so I think that the animals are coming towards the energy and the plants are growing. You know, I come home from giving birth and there's a sunflower blossoming. Yes. I mean, there is electricity in our backyard, Dusty Slay. We have a lot of black-eyed Susans out there, which I don't know if you're familiar with that plant. I was not, but they're beautiful. Yeah. 
I thought it's I was like a growing, cousin to a sunflower. Yeah, I thought I was growing something else the whole time, and it turns out to be this beautiful flower. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Mm. And then uh, we have a big sunflower that just blossomed. Uh, we have uh, tomatoes growing. We have grapes growing. We have strawberries. I just picked a few strawberries for uh, Daisy to eat this morning. We have a cucumbers. cucumber. We made a salad. Now we had some few ingredients we bought at the grocery store, but we made a salad out of our own lettuce, kale, collards. Swiss chard mm. uh, and cucumber, and it was a delicious salad that we had last night. And you know, salads are not always delicious, but if you can get some fresh ingredients, it's unbelievable. Yep, I got squash growing now. My squash plant is out of control. You harvested yesterday. Oh, oh yes. Now in the fall, I planted garlic everywhere. I didn't know garlic took so long to grow, so I. Half my garden was full of garlic. And yesterday I harvested the garlic and I have, and it's now drying. I mean, I have so much garlic. I look like a garlic farmer out here. Yeah. I harvested garlic. I got peppers growing. I mean, it is, it's wild what's happening out there in the garden. And uh, it's so exciting. we got so a real exciting. suburban homestead. Yes, we do. On this quarter acre of I'm told plot. we're allowed to have chickens. We have a very loose HOA, and I'm told we're allowed to have chickens. Well, we have a neighbor that's interested in going in on some chickens with us. Yes, we do. So I'd like to inquire about that. Follow yeah. up on that one. I got two neighbors that are cutting their yards with manual lawnmowers. <laughs> two? Two. Chris is doing it too. Really? Our new neighbor that 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 moved in. I mean, I, I saw the HOA out there yesterday taking pictures of his house. Oh, I think no. they're trying to get him for some junk in his front yard. But yeah. I'm thinking of, e I'm actually, I've had a complete turnaround with the neighbor and I'm thinking of emailing the HOA on his behalf and just saying, listen, we like this guy. I don't want this guy to go away. Because he told me, I told him that they were out there and he goes, well, they can kick me out if they want to. And I go, well, I don't want you kicked out because it is weird to get new neighbors. And now I've gotten used to him. I like his family. I like him. It's been a complete turnaround and his yard looks amazing and I don't want him to get kicked out. And so I'm thinking of emailing on his behalf. Well, it took three years to kick out the last guy for non-payment. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that the guy that's got a couple of buckets in his front yard yeah. has some time. Yes. Um, and maybe he knows that. Maybe he's very familiar with the with the law. I mean, of, he's got an American attitude, and I like that about him. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, I mean, but I have two neighbors that cut. I have one neighbor that cares. I wish... More people in this country cared about anything the way this guy cares about his lawn, we'd be a much better place. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I mean, that guy, Larry's his name, and Larry loves his lawn. I mean, that man loves it. I like my lawn. I care about the garden, but Larry loves that lawn. I mean, in the summertime, it's Bermuda grass. Looks like a golf course out there. I mean, it is perfect. In the winter, it goes dormant and it's brown all, all season. But in the summer, it is a beautiful lawn. Mm -hmm. We'd just a little putt-putt out there. If I cared <laughs> about golf at all, we might do a little putt-putt over there. Yep. There's nothing I hate more than golf. There's nothing you hate more than golf? That's not true. But You hate it, though. I do hate it. And it annoys me when I find out people I like are into golf. And on Nateland, they're all into golf. <laughs> Nate, Brian, and Aaron all love golf. Uh -huh. It makes me sad for them. 
the, you know, it might just be my age, you know, and our age, but it seems like there's been a real renaissance of golf coolness of, I don't know, middle class and even like lower middle class people. Like, it just seems like there's a lot of memes about golf, like the bros are golfing out here. And I don't remember it being like that when I was younger. Now, my family never golfed. So there was that. But uh, is that true? Do you feel like suddenly everyone's into golf? Yeah. I mean, so many of my friends golf. I mean, it's like when, when I worked with Larry the Cable Guy, he went golfing. This is how much I dislike golf. Larry, the cable guy invited me to golf and I go, nah, (laughs) I I know I said you should go. (laughs) You're like, nah, uh, Jamie Johnson, a country singer that I'm a fan of apparently owns a lot of golf courses or at least some golf courses. And he asked me when I, when I met him for the first time, he goes, do you golf? And I've said this before. He goes, do you golf? And I, I know Jamie Johnson's from Alabama. And I said, no, my dad always said golf is a waste of a good cow pasture. And he laughed because I figured Jamie Johnson hated golf too. Mm. <laughs> but apparently oh. he was probably offering to take me golfing. Um, and then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For sure he was. <laughs> Everybody golfs now, but um, I'm not into it. And, and it, it feels pretentious to me. And I feel like if I were out there golfing, I would not be true to myself. You know, you do need to try it though, because maybe it's your thing. Like not your thing, but maybe you actually quite enjoy it. I can't see myself doing it. I I feel like. uh, But here's the thing. You love the sun. You love a a real low key, uh, not hard exercise. So that's golf. Well, in the movie Happy Gilmore, which was I was such a fan of, uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, Chub, Chubbs Peterson is like, uh, I think that's his name. He goes, uh, son, isn't this great? Fresh cut grass, sunshine and birds chirping. He's like, geez, you love this golf stuff, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, that's how I feel. It's like, <laughs> I love the fresh cut grass, the sunshine, and the birds chirping, but I like it in a chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm a big fan of. That's okay. I accept you. And you don't have to like golf and you don't have to try it. But let's I, do. Didn't you? I, I, I just remembered. Didn't Larry the Cable Guy ask you to golf and you said no? And then instead you went like to like Paris, Oklahoma and saw like a knockoff Eiffel Tower? Well, yeah, I went to Paris, Texas. Okay. I rode with Larry the Cable Guy and his manager to drop Larry the Cable Guy off to golf. Because <laughs> yes. he goes, you want to ride with us down there? And I go, yeah, I'll ride with you. <laughs> so close to just golfing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we rode down there and then me and his manager left and he goes, because I told them I wanted to drive down there and check out that Eiffel Tower. And so his manager goes, well, let's go try to see if we can't find this Eiffel Tower. So we drove down there to the tower and we took some pictures and, uh, and then, um, and then me and him went back to the casino and ate lunch at a Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. Sure beats golf. Yeah, it does. All right. Cause I, I did that and then I went back and laid down. Let's, um, let's talk about something else that we did. We, um, we watched 
I saw a clip on Instagram of uh, a John Travolta, Jamie Lee Curtis movie called Perfect. And I had never heard of the movie, but it's just a clip of them just kind of doing this hip thrusting move back and forth to each other in some kind of workout routine. And it just got me thinking. I mean, when I was a kid, John Travolta was my favorite. I mean, I loved John Travolta. I loved Grease. As a kid, I loved Grease. I just, I, I can, to this day, I can do the whole soundtrack. There's a, yeah. there's a movie, there's a, uh, a video of me and you on YouTube on our trip to Arkansas. I don't remember what it's called. Hannah and Dusty go to the Grove. They go to Arkansas, something like that. But we are singing a lot of the Grease soundtrack. If you don't like the movie Grease, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, and I watched it a lot of times as a kid, and I watched it a few times in my early 20s, but I've not seen it in years and years. Mm -hmm. And we watched it the other night with my mom. Me, you, and my mom watched Grease. <laughs> yeah. And it is really an unbelievable it movie. It just makes you feel good. As an older person, I just, I, I, I appreciated it even more. It just, uh, it's just such a well-done movie. I hate musicals. Yep, me too. But all of those songs in there are so great. John Travolta is amazing. I mean, he's an amazing actor. Um, Dancer, singer. And I'll talk about a couple other movies that I like uh, with John Travolta. Uh, the movie, we watched Face Off not long ago. Mm -hmm. Face Off is a good one. Uh, we also watched the movie, uh, well, um, we're not, let's, let's save that one. But uh, the movie Phenomenon, have you ever seen that? I don't think I have. In the movie Phenomenon, uh, John Travolta is just a regular old dude, and he gets hit by a meteor or something, uh, an alien. They're not really sure what happens, but it seems to open new parts to his brain, mm. and he just becomes incredibly smart. Yeah. It's a great movie. There's yeah. a movie called Michael where he plays an angel, and I think it borders on sacrilegious, but I think they do a pretty good job of of keeping it – you know, it's not, I feel like it, it borders on it, but it is not. Uh, you know, it's an angel that's smoking cigarettes and drinking and stuff like that, which I'm not into. But I feel like the overall message is good. Um, there is... Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Come on. Which is obviously uh, a, a classic. There is Get Shorty, mm. which is uh, one of John Travolta's best. In my opinion, mm, I disagree. His best is "Look Who's Talking." Oh, well, let's let's stick to get shorty for a second, though. Okay. Uh, I, I appreciate the joke, but let's. Well, uh, it's not a joke. Um, I liked "Look Who's Talking" too. I mean that that came out at a time when I was a kid that was pretty revolutionary because it was you know the first time you had seen like Bruce Willis. I think was the uh, the voice of the baby. And then Look Who's Talking To, Roseanne was the voice of the other baby. I didn't see the second one. Yeah. But they're both really good. I mean, people act like that was a real dip in his career. Uh, but they were good movies. Kirstie Alley. I tell you what, she's one of the most underrated actresses of yeah, our generation. Yeah, she's great. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so Get Shorty was one of my favorites because Get Shorty is a great mobster film. It's a little bit of a comedy. 
but it's a good mobster film. They have the bad guy in that was also one of the bad guys in Snatch. I can't think of his name. He died a few years back, but he's really, really was great in those kind of films. Um, and uh, Gene Hackman mm. is incredible in Get oh. Shorty because Gene Hackman is a very serious actor. Mm. But in 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 Royal Tenenbaums and in Get Shorty, I think are his best roles because he is because you know how serious he can be he, but he he plays such a good comedic actor mm-hmm. uh we just watched a, a gene hackman film. yes well he plays a very strong actor most of the time when i was a kid i met gene hackman i like to throw that in at any time i get an opportunity <laughs> and he played uh in the movie mississippi burning where he was you know investigating a whole town which in Coincidentally, it was half of it was filmed in my dad's hometown, but he was investigating a, a racist town. And but the the movie takes place in Mississippi, where basically the whole town was infiltrated with Klan members. Uh, and Gene Hackman is invest the FBI agent investigating this, and he plays a very tough character. Oscar winning film, I believe. Yeah. So for him to go from that to get Shorty, where he basically plays a very weak man and does it well. I just think it's incredible. I mm. think Gene Hackman is one of the best. So Get Shorty is just so good. And then you have Be Cool, which is the sequel to that. Be Cool is good in its own right, uh, but I think you cannot watch Be Cool right after watching Get Shorty because I feel like they strayed so far from that original feel that it loses it. I'm not trying to be Mr. Movie Reviewer, and and Hannah is um, uh, soothing our child, so she's I'm with you. Been lost from the conversation, but I mean, I, I you know I've seen all these movies and I've enjoyed them, and I love John Travolta. So <clears throat> that leads us to a movie that neither of us had ever watched. But I also was very familiar with this soundtrack. I had this soundtrack as a kid. I'd like to get into the soundtrack a little bit more, but it is the movie Saturday Night Fever. Oh, yeah. We had never watched Saturday Night Fever, and it is really great. Yeah. I mean, they throw out some racial slurs here and there, which we did not expect. It's a couple of, you know, a couple of New York City Italian men. It's a gritty 70s film. Yeah, it's New York City in the 70s, and these are all Italian men, and they're, you know, they say whatever they want to say. And, uh, but overall, very good. There is a couple of near rape scenes in there. And, near? Uh, there is one kind of, well, I don't want to get too into it, but there is kind of a, kind of a, that happening in the movie. Uh, well, that was the shocker for me was my whole life, never seen this movie, you know, and you always just associate it with the posters of John Travolta in the tight getup and it's a disco film and the Bee Gees are playing. I thought it was a campy little frolic of a, of a movie. I had no idea it was, you know, just like Godfather esque or just like a really dark 1970s film that was, you know, a serious film. And it is very serious. And it's like, to me, the takeaway was this movie was about this this guy, John Travolta, who lives with his family, and his family is not very nice to him. His friends are wild hooligans who get into a fight with, uh, uh, you know, these Mexican guys uh, for no reason. 
Um, and he's just like, he's like, I want out of this. He's like, I want something different for myself. And his whole life seems bad, except when he goes into this one particular nightclub and this one nightclub is a disco club and he is king of the club because he is, he really is something on the dance floor. And that's what makes it fun is you have these long dance scenes where they play entire songs and John Travolta just dances. And what Hannah pointed out that I thought was very, very true is that today, if you were to make Saturday Night Fever again, every dancer in that movie would be professional dancers and it would be the best dancing you've ever seen. But in this movie, John Travolta is a very good dancer, but it's clear he's not a professional dancer. None of the other people around him are professional dancers. None of the moves are so impressive. They're just, it's just really fun. And he's just got the rhythm and it's just really great. And it's like, I don't want to give the movie away, but this movie was filmed in the 80s. So if you've not watched 1977. it. 1977. So uh, it's been around for, you know, Almost 50 years. So this is your bad. But at the end of the movie, he enters a dance contest and he wins the dance contest. But the people, he notices that the other, there was another couple. Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans that he feels like beat him. He's like, this was rigged. They were better than me. And he gives the prize money and the trophy to them because he said they were better than me. This was rigged. And I like that about it because he wanted to win. He really wanted to win, but wanted to win the right way. He wanted to win because he was the best. I like that. I don't want to win something if somebody else is better than me. I want to win because I'm the best. Mm. You know what I mean? It, oh, yeah. It's like that's that's what bothers me about sports a lot these days. Football. I love to watch football. But if football, if a if a team, even if it's my team, if my team wins the game, but they win on some bogus call, I hate it because it's like, yeah, we won, but the other team should have won. It bothers me so much. I hate it. I feel like NFL's rigged, and I feel like college is borderline rigged. I feel like now that money's getting involved in the way that it is, it's going to be more rigged, and I hate it because it's going to ruin the integrity of the game. I've seen, I've watched too many games where the game ends on a bad call, and I'm just like, oh, this is rigged. And now it ruins it for me because I've invested time into this to watch for no reason. Mm. I don't know how it went for my... Um, well, you we were talking about John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. Um, we're at 50 minutes. Okay, all right. Sorry, Hannah's normally the, I, I put up a little piece Hannah's of paper the time to let keeper, them know. But she just will, you know, she'll use this baby for any excuse she can. <laughs> well, uh, literally my ha- my finger is in his mouth. Oh, she's like, oh, I'm taking care of the baby. My back has been hurting this whole <laughs> podcast. I'm sweating. I smell like puke. Well, listen, this, we do have more that we could talk about, but I think, you know, hey, this is post-pregnancy podcast. We just wanted to get one out, kind of update you guys on what's going on with us. As the weeks go on, we'll get back to our normal podcast, but we just wanted to let you know that we do appreciate everything. We appreciate all the well wishes, all the text messages, all the, all the emails, everything. We appreciate you guys. Um, 
this has been so fun for us to uh, because we've had this podcast going for a long time and at various times we'll take breaks. It's been it was it started off me and Hannah and then I did it solo for a while. But really this last uh, six months or so, I don't know if that's how long it's been, but the last little while that me and Hannah have been back to doing it together again, the response we've been getting from everyone, it's made this very fun. Yeah. I never set out to do this podcast to make money for any. I just did it as a way to connect with fans uh, that would come to see me. I wanted to be able to stay in contact with them until I made it back to their city. And it. And it's really been special this last little while. And I just want to say I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to do the podcast because I enjoy it too. And um, for anybody that did um, donate or chip in um, to the meal train, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's really, really um, uh, humbling and just just overwhelming um, that, that so many people would help. And then, of course, just people that have been praying for us. Um, during the last few weeks, um, you know, we needed it. I needed it, but you know, Dusty needed it. He has been through so much, um, his toe vertigo, Mm. um, the Wichita loony bin closed down. Mm. So it's like, keep us in your prayers, please. Um, but most especially just be thinking about Dusty's toe, um, pray that it's okay. Um, you know, this boy, he's, 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 he's really dealing with some stuff, but I love him and he's strong and, and, and I know he's going to survive. Well, I'll survive, but will my toe? That is the question. I don't want my toe amputated. I do not want to be picking up cans on the side of the road. <laughs> Okay. Well, listen, I've been meaning to talk to you. I'd like my boyfriend to move in. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. I told that story, which is a horrific story. And I told it with a, a, a bit of a laugh. And Hannah goes, I can't believe you compared me to Bertha. Never once. Well, listen, now that I'm thinking about it, though, you've just put up a whole bunch of copper wire. You better be careful out there. Don't be stabbing yourself with that wire either. That's true. There's a lot of like metal things out there. That's true. And just before we end here, Hannah, I'd like you to, if you could, just give us, just describe to us natural birth. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I was induced my first labor. I got the epidural. I got pain meds my first labor. So I did not feel anything. And I really would describe that birth as uh, my first child uh, is very peaceful and chill. Like it was very chill. And I, just for whatever reason, I thought I really kind of want to experience <laughs> labor. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but uh, it was just my vibe this time around. So I said, okay, I'm not getting induced. So we were four or five days late. And I'm like, I'm not doing the epidural. I'm going to feel it. And I, I kind of thought, oh, I have a high pain threshold. So maybe it just is not so bad, you know. And I've talked to other moms that have had it. And they all seem to just be like, yeah, it hurt, but it's fine after. I said, okay, I can do it. You know, who do I think I am to put myself in that kind of agony? Why did I try to be a hero? Why did I think I could endure something like that. It was felt like every five minutes, a bomb was slowly going off inside of my stomach. And then it just kept getting worse. And I moaned, 
I felt like I was in a Russian novel. It was incredible amount of pain. And then the doctor said, oh, well, I'll, I can pop your water and then it can go by faster, but it's going to hurt more. And I could not sign off on more pain. So I just thought, listen, maybe I'll be sort of like a frog in boiling water where like slowly it gets hotter and more painful, but I kind of, my body adjusts to it. So I didn't let her break my water right away and the pain got worse. And then, um, when I got to, uh, 10 centimeters and it's time to push, I, I can't even say, I, I, I literally, when they gave me Sam, when they gave me my child, I couldn't even like think about him. I, I all I could think about was I can't even believe I, I let myself feel all that. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done to have a natural like. That's how I felt at the time because it was so painful. Hannah said one time during pushes, she goes, "Get him out of there." <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's this, it's the sort of terror of when is this pain going to stop? And you know, it's only going to stop when you get the baby out. But the only way to get the baby out is to endure more pain. And so when he was like, you know, his head was crowning and they're like, okay, you just need to push when these contractions come on. And every time you push, it's so much more painful. And the fear in my head is just thinking, what if he gets stuck halfway? And then it's just an unbelievable amount of pain to even think that you might have to have. So what happens is when they say push, I'm like, I'm pushing because I can't do another one of these contractions. I'm pushing right now. And I just heaved that thing out of me and <laughs> that thing, my son. <laughs> and it, and, and this is the feeling that I've had since telling people about it. It's because I'll talk to women about it. And, and I maybe this will be the last time I talk about it like this. From now on, I'm just going to say, yeah, it hurt, but it was fine. Because I tell women how excruciatingly painful it is. And they're like, they look horrified. And I think, oh, maybe I'm deterring them from doing a natural labor by telling them this, you know, so. So forget everything I said. <laughs> There's a lot of benefits to natural labor. It did go by really fast. It took five hours from the time we got into the hospital by the time he was born, you know, so it moved along real quick. And then after it's like, yeah, I'm sore or whatever, but it's, it's really like, like a grade two pain right now. Your recovery is faster. Yeah. Than, yeah. And the pain is really just the contractions and the pushing. Once the contractions le level out, you, you're kind of back to normal. And then, so, and then once the baby's out for me personally, yeah, of course I was sore, but you know, it's a manageable pain. You know, I'm taking Tylenol. I'm, I'm not, you know, my back's sore. My body is weak, everything like that, but it's like, okay. But so, but I just, um, yeah, so that's it. That's the last time I'm going to talk about how painful it was because I don't want to deter women from getting a natural, having a natural birth because I do think it's worthwhile, especially if you want to. If you're interested in it and you want to, I say do it. Um, but yeah. Um, it hurts. It hurts. Well, uh, the doctor did say that you, she said she does believe you have a high pain threshold. And uh, our doctor who was equally as pregnant as, and this is actually was her last delivery before she was going to deliver her own baby. Yeah. And, uh, she, um, 
yeah, she said, I'm getting induced and I'll be getting the epidural. But what scared us about the epidural was like, we got it with Daisy, but it, they sprung it on us. They sprung on this form last minute that was like, hey, you could get paralyzed. And we yeah. were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we went ahead and did it because we were already in that moment. Yeah. But I was yeah. hanging out my first pregnancy. I was hanging around with a lot of other women in my Bible study that were pregnant and they all worked in healthcare and they were all getting induced and they were all getting epidurals. And so I thought, well, they work in healthcare and many of them, it was their second child. And I just thought, oh, well, I'll just do what they're doing because they know what they're doing. And then so when they came in with the sheet to fill out, you know, when I was already in the hospital bed with Daisy and they're like, just so you know, you could die. You could have a brain bleed. You might not be able to walk after this, but go ahead and, uh, you know, just avoid pain for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. And I did sign off on it on that time, but it's always kind of haunted me. Now I know that I didn't go through the pain. So this no, is, you were eating popcorn. Yeah. So this is easy for me to say, but I am glad she did it. And I'm glad just for the experience. I think that life is so much about experiences where it's like you yeah. go through things and, and I, that's what I said to Hannah. I'm like the, you know, the pain is temporary and it's like, and it's easy to say when you're not going through it. I realize that, but it's like, now you have this, you can share this, well, you know, this. I should, I should say like the, the, the good things about it is um, I was definitely present the whole time of this uh, labor. You know, I experienced early labor from contractions at 3 a.m. on Monday morning all the way to them kind of disappearing or late in the morning on Monday and then them coming on in the afternoon. Like, you know, I now know what contractions feel like because you don't know what contractions feel like when you're induced and have an epidural. You don't feel anything, you know, and um so I feel a lot more present and I wasn't on any medication. So again, I'll just you're just present for the whole thing. And, you know, some might say, yeah, present for the pain. And yeah, I was present for the pain, but I remember everything. Um, I, you know, it, it, and the other great benefit, of course, is it, it, it didn't take as long. You know, it, it feels like it takes longer because you're feeling the pain. But, you know, with Daisy, it took 20 six hours, you know, because doing the epidural and the meds slows down your contractions and your body can kind of stall out when you sort of artificially induce a, a labor. Whereas, you know, when your body says your baby's ready, you're ready, let's go. I think you know, it, it, hopefully, you know, it just, it just comes out. He just comes out. And that, and that is what happened for me. Obviously and, there's so many different stories for labor. So. And that is my belief too, with, you know, with uh, the whole, um, you know, believing in God, I believe that, you know, this miracle that happens inside of a woman where you, you know, you grow a baby that I feel like there's an amount of time. I mean, sure it can come out early and be fine, but it's like, I just feel like there's an amount of time and it it bakes in there, and when it's ready, you pop it out of the oven. Yeah, and you know we were gonna induce, and then you were talking to the guys at Nate Land and and Laura and um, the Bargazzi family, and they have some experience with that, and they kind of recommended maybe just don't induce. So yeah, I mean I don't want to you know uh, you know drag, saying they're giving me medical advice, <laughs> but they <laughs> no, just they were sharing you, some just yeah. sharing some anecdotes, and apparently uh, uh, they have a family member that is a doula. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just talked about it and I thought, you know what, uh, I'm not afraid of it. Uh, my, my friend, Jeff toy, who's been on the podcast before he just had a baby last night and his wife was induced and you know, it's totally fine. Their baby's great. But it's like, for me, I just thought, you know what, 
let's let's think about not doing it. Well, what I was going to say is interesting is you you went and recorded the podcast last Monday and I called my doctor and I didn't get a hold of them. So I said, you know, call me back because I want to schedule an inducement for next Monday. And then so all last week, my doctor's office was calling me, but I wasn't calling them back because we had decided to not schedule an inducement. And then lo and behold, we have the baby on Monday anyways. And the doctor told us, she goes, uh, you wouldn't have been able to schedule an inducement for this day anyway. Mm -hmm. Really weird how it all worked out. Well, this was great. I'm going to let Hannah get back to, you know, I got to get her down there washing the dishes and the clothes and she's got to get to work. Dusty needs to sit down because (laughs) I I don't know how I feel about the toe. I don't think it's recovered yet. Yeah. So he's going to be taking some of my ibuprofen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we're just going to, we're going to monitor him and we're just going to make sure he gets plenty of rest all right uh well thank you guys for listening uh we're having a good time